Good evening, Patriots. And it's Sunday, July 17th on the West Coast and the East Coast. You just hit the 18th Monday. I'll hold on to the Sunday as long as we've got it. Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you are taking good care of your wealth and all the hard-earned capital that you have. And to do that, Birch Gold is there to help. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. So, Patriots, I had a couple uh, emails, people asking, what happened? To the, to the 16th Saturday show. So did a lot of praying on this, and I made a decision that Saturday shows are not, I'm going to stop the Saturday night show for Fishers and Men, and I'm going to explain why. Not because I don't enjoy it, but because I don't have any time just to be with God, Father. I have literally not had a day just to sit and do other things in kind of a true Sabbath sense, things I enjoy doing without a show for about 10 months and really outside of two-week break for after Bars Fest. It's been about almost two years. And it's really time that I value, and it's time it's very important, and I, I think it's essential that we do take time to be with Father. So what I'm when we look at the schedule of things out there, there's great shows on Saturday. There's the Duncan's got a, a Bible show with live chat. And of course we have Everin's show, little bear and big bear. And I think those are opportunities. If you want to, you can go there and really enjoy some other amazing voices. And there's still 17 shows a week. So I think, I think we're going to be okay, but I, I really valued the time that I have with God and some pretty profound things were shown in the last 24 hours in part because I was very much seeking the voice of God. We have this other property, which is where I went to and I just, I shut the computer off, left the studio and I did things that I enjoyed doing. I mowed the, the grass. I, set up my my uh, gunsmithing table. I did some archery. I set up a ham radio station, base station up there. Planned out some of my firing points so I can get some long-range shooting going on that property. And just did things that in the whole time, just literally communing with Father and just enjoying the world that he's created and that we live in. But last night, I spent a lot of time last night in, in lieu of a show, I spent a lot of time in prayer. And I was just very much inviting Jesus to be there and in, inviting Father in, and, and I fell asleep somewhere around midnight. And at about 2 in the morning, I was bolted awake with the voice of they must repent. And there's more to that, which I'll describe in a minute. 
and I drifted off asleep again, and it happened again at three. Bolted awake asleep with a powerful, booming voice. They must repent. And it happened a third time at 4 a.m. So I want to kind of focus in on this because then there's a rather profound synchronicity to all this because today, talking to Brad Cummings, who is the editor for the Founders Bible and one of the producers on The Shack, he says, I have a, I have a um, passage for you, he says. And he gave me Ezekiel 14, 13, which we're going to read. And tonight, in, in preparing for the show, I actually read all of 14, and I was stunned because it was Ezekiel 14, 6. It was pretty much everything that God was putting on my heart. But the whole passage is important. We're going to dig into this tonight quite a bit. The nation has to repent. As a nation, we have to repent. Because God cannot give grace to a nation that continues to walk away from him. And the thing is that repentance isn't just by word. And this is why we're going to dig into Ezekiel 14. Because repentance, and this is what was booming in my head, was these continued words, they can't continue to profit while repenting. They can't continue to game the system while repenting. I've been talking a long time about how this system works. And the system is entirely designed to exploit each other through the investments in Wall Street. And right now it's it's absolutely sickening because if money's invested in Wall Street, if money's invested in 401ks, one way or another, it's tied to big pharma because big pharma is what's propping a lot of the stock market up. That and the transhumanist agendas through big tech. The problem is that through our system, we've become accustomed to be able to say to God, okay, God, I'm going to repent, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to do my same thing over and over. We aren't in a game. We're in the valley of decision. And I truly believe that it, there is a portion of this is very much like Gideon, that there is, a, there is a threshing floor going on to really find out who's willing to truly stand and pray for repentance and pray for the mercy of this nation. And I think what's important about that is it falls to the truth of the heart. The truth of the heart shows up in many places. Whenever you're doing anything martial, like you're going to shoot, you're going to do archery, you're going to track and hunt, the truth of your heart will speak in everything that you do. In fact, the idea of the Zen and the art of archery is that it's the heart that ends up placing in the arrow, never your eyes and never your mind. And your expertise doesn't matter because if you truly connect correctly, once you release the arrow, it will find its way to the bullseye because you've placed your heart there. There's a lot of powerful metaphor there and there's a lot of powerful connections to where we are today. We're in a very difficult time and it's not going to get easier in part because we're being played pretty heavily. We're being played by the Les Schwab evil, maniacal image of the New World Order. But the real engine of the New World Order is quietly cooking away on the back end, and no one's calling it out. When I say no one, I'm talking about anybody in government. There is, and that's anybody in politics for that matter. No one's saying stop the vax. No one's saying stop the CBDC. Everything is about transitioning the world to a central digital currency. And it may take different forms in different countries, but at the end of the day, these currencies are programmable. And they're tied ultimately to COVID passes or digital IDs. 
because this whole thing is designed to control the world. And what's more disturbing is when you start to look at what's happening in the image of BRICS nations, China and Russia, and Brazil and India and South Africa versus us, we're seeing a distribution now from a monopolar world to a to a multipolar world where countries are starting to rise up and take on their own responsibilities. But as we fall, we are seeing an increase in tyranny. This reminds me very much of the last days of the Nazis in, in Germany where they became absolutely crazy tyrants, including pushing young men into war like 12- and 13-year-old boys in uniforms to fight Russians. We have to be very realistic about what is coming because the only way this nation will ever reset itself will be through a true and sincere repentance. I don't believe that the entire nation has to repent, but there has to be a truly dedicated repentance. And when I say that, these this is a type of repentance that isn't just by words and it isn't just by saying I'm going to repent for the nation. It's by actions that we're striving for in our lives completely top to bottom. We have to leave the system. We have to stop gaming the system so that we'll have something else out here. And and I'm using it specifically in this example, like retirements. Our trust has to completely pivot to God and accept that place. And whatever few or however many can do that, That's the core of the pure heart of repentance. And it's that repentance that I believe can steer this nation from the abyss. And I believe that we've been given some time, but I believe that the clock is ticking. And it's really going to fall on whoever can truly commit to a repenting lifestyle, life, that will make the difference in this nation, not by words, but by everything in which we live and do. Let me begin with Ezekiel 14. Then some elders of Israel came to me and sat down before me, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and have put in front of their faces the stumbling block of their wrongdoing. Should I let myself be consulted by them at all? Therefore speak to them and tell them, this is what the Lord God says. Anyone of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart puts in front of his face the stumbling block of his wrongdoing and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will let myself answer him in the matter in view of the multitude of his idols in order to take hold of the hearts of the house of Israel who have turned away from me due to all their idols. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Lord God says. Repent and turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who reside in Israel, who deserts me, sets up his idols in his heart, puts in front of his face the stumbling block of the wrongdoing, then comes to the prophet to request something of me for himself, I, the Lord, will let myself answer him myself. I will set my face against that person and make him a sign and a proverb, and I will eliminate him from among my people, so you will know that I am the Lord. But if the prophet is persuaded to do that, do that he speaks a word, It is I, the Lord, who have persuaded that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and eliminate him from among the people of Israel. And they will bear the punishment for their wrongdoing, and the wrongdoing of the inquirer is so that the wrongdoing of the prophet will be, in order that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me and no longer defile themselves with all their offenses." So they will be my people, and I shall be their God, declares the Lord God. 
It's a profound passage because it shows a very intense God, a very jealous God, and a very loving God. But it shows consequences. This nation can't continue to wander and meander in this gray water that we're doing. The one thing that's profound about the Bible and all the scripture is it is a very clear walk that we're taking, but the Christianity of today has become lukewarm, milk toast crap. We literally don't understand the martial side of this, of this. We don't understand the commitment of this as a whole. I'm not taking anybody in particular to task, but as a, as a whole, this is what Christianity has become. Because from the pulpit, they're more afraid of losing dollars out of the offering plate than they are of speaking the true decisiveness of Christ. We are now at a time of the valley of decision for this nation. As we are reminded with Gideon, it only takes 300 or whatever God chooses. It doesn't take thousands, but they have to be pure of heart. They can't let the idols infect their heart. They can't continue to play this side of, well, Father, I will repent while I go play in my idolatries of hell that are here and part of this Babylonian system that I so willingly accept. That includes churches who have continued to play this 501c3 game and then try to give their, give their sermons. The church has been defiled. And our houses, ourselves, cannot be defiled. Not in the sense of pure repentance. We will continue to pray for repentance. And I'm hoping that as we do and as people reflect deeply on it, that we begin to settle into the true sense of what the Lord has put before us in terms of repentance. Again, not by word alone. It has to be the truth and purity of the heart, which means idols, which means the corruption, which means the things that we've put before them have to be removed. And the thing about repentance is we have to come to, the, to God and openly admit that we have put other things before him. We've put these idols of our worship of retirements, our worship of big houses, our worship of cars. Look, I'm not saying don't have things. I'm not saying God asks you to be poor. But in all of those things, where does God always rank? He does not rank on top of the list. It's always second. The worship of Trump, where is God? Somewhere off to the side. The worship of Q, where is God? Somewhere off to the side. The worship of patriots in control, white hats, whatever. God is always off to the side. And right now it's sickening because all I can, it's all over. Everybody is focused on or this election surge of the, of the fall, who cares? This is the most vilely corrupt system ever, and it's rigged even if we win. And by we win, meaning if the side that you vote for wins, it's still rigged because it's the same damn people running the system. And even if everything goes the right way for what many of us would say would be a good thing, like all red and Trump, Patriots, it's still going to be rigged. Simple questions I've asked that have, can, don't have answers yet, but we, you can surmise a conclusion. How did Ron DeSantis get to be governor in Florida if the Dominion system is running Florida? It didn't accidentally happen. And when you start to understand that every single person that is in elected power was got there because either there was a hack or somebody rigged it. You start to realize that that whole thing is just a kabuki theater. The only true fight is with God. And the only place we begin is with a true heart of repentance. We started this train us in Bard's Nation. We did this at a profound level. We did this at Bard's Fest and were gifted the rainbow, which is at the end of Bard's Fest, which was a reminder for God to say that there will be mercy. 
but we have to continue that fight. We are long from over here. Our nation has not gotten deeper into repentance. Our nation has sought more faith. Our nation has sought more relationships with Christ. But that deep and profound commitment to God and that walk, it has yet to speak its voice. And we have to. We have to be willing to stand at all costs as Christ did in this hour. And that commitment can't be said. It has to be put through your heart and it has to be embraced. No matter the cost, we shall stand. No matter the cost, I shall never give in to the place that they want me to go no matter what happens and I shall continue to repent for this nation yet stand boldly against evil and never submit. That has to be such a defined line, no matter the cost, is the key. Let me continue with Ezekiel, because I think this is something here that's rather amazing when you consider the current time. Ezekiel 14, beginning at 12, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, now listen closely, patriots, Son of man, If a country sins against me by being unfaithful, I stretch out my hand against it, destroy its supply of bread, send famine against it, and eliminate both human and animal life. Even though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Jacob, were in the midst, were in its midst, by their own righteousness, they could only save themselves, declares the Lord. If I were to cause vicious animals to pass through the land and they depopulated it and it became desolate so that no one would pass through it because of the animals, though though these three men were in the midst, as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not save either their sons or their daughters. They alone would be saved, but the country would be desolate. Or if I were to bring a sword on that country and say a sword is to pass through the country and I eliminated human and animal life, even though these three men were in its midst, as I live, declares the Lord God, they would not save either their sons or their daughters, but they alone would be saved. Or if I were to send a plague against that country and pour out my wrath on its in on it in blood to eliminate man and animal from it, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in its midst as I live, declares the Lord God, they could not save either their son or their daughter. They would save only themselves by their righteousness. For this is what the Lord God says, how much more when I send my four severe judgments against Jerusalem, sword, famine, vicious animals, and plague to eliminate human and animal life from it. Yet behold, survivors will will be left in it who will be brought out, both sons and daughters. Behold, they are going to come out to you, and you will see their conduct and actions. Then you will be comforted by the disaster which I have brought against Jerusalem for everything which I have brought upon it. Then they will comfort you, when you see their conduct and actions, for you will know that I have not done without reason whatever I do to it, declares the Lord God. Does that not sound like today? Does that not sound like where we are today? That we are being pressed with famine. We are being pressed with the destruction of animals, animal life and people. You could say that this injection is very much like a plague. You can say that the destruction of food supplies is very much like a pending famine. And as you have society unravel, it might look like wild beasts, considering the crazy people we have roaming the streets, and who knows, maybe there'll even be a zombie apocalypse by the time we're done with this. But all of this brings people ultimately where? To their knees to seek God. 
Right now, we need a very intense and focused approach towards repentance for this nation. A repentance truly with whoever can stand truly in their heart and, it, and may continue to make the changes to separate from the gaming, this sort of profiting from a system that they're trying to repent from. This is, this is the duality we have to get rid of. This time in which we live, is going to leave heavy judgment on this nation. How long, what form it takes, I truly believe is undecided. I think we can fairly agree that the deep state has decided that we are in revelation. They're using every bit of this to try to portray this as part of the game, their game on us, their mockery of God. Do you not find it ironic that Hunter calls his dad Pedo Peter. I find that amazing. That is like an inversion of the apostle Peter. You see how they do that always. Defame, use, insult, mock, everything they do. And in this moment right now, they want us to walk their path into their abyss of their version of revelation. This is what they want because they're mocking God again. We have to start making a decision on who we are going to follow. Are we going to follow their narrative or are we going to follow our faith in God? And that's ultimately it because I'll tell you what, I will challenge anyone to pray into this peace, to pray into it and ask God, show me that this is revelation. And I will almost guarantee you no one will come back with an answer that says this is revelation. But if you look at the objects that are before you and you track the events that are happening, what you will find is that the deep state is telling you, showing you, mocking God and trying to make this revelation. Because they know what it means in the Christian faith of its revelation, people will simply cave because they're waiting for something to come. Well, they're going to get it all right. It's called the Antichrist that they're going to create. We have to make our decision of who we follow. We have to make the decision of how we repent in the depths of our heart, not just by word. There is so much corruption in our institutions and in the teachings. It's, it's, it has just become overwhelming to me at times it Just that we are fortunate that God is forgiving. This milquetoast faith that's being taught, peace at any cost. But don't say anything too controversial, but if you do, make sure and send the offering plate first because we don't want people to re- rebuke or hold back on their $20 drop. There are consequences to how we live. And we're told this in scripture, but who's talking about this? Everybody wants to talk about how it will be great. It will be glorious. When we all die, we're going to go to heaven. It's going to be gold place streets. We're going to have football and we're going to have tag touch team ball and we're going to have parties with the youth and we're all going to have a big pizza party and we're all going to be together again. It's all going to be glorious. Where does it say that? Where in the hell in the Bible does it say that? We have no idea. In fact, the only thing it does says is you have no idea the inheritance you shall receive. We have no imagination into the inheritance we will receive. But it doesn't say, hang out, sit down, do whatever you do, do a little prayer on Sunday, you're good, check in next Sunday, have a great time doing whatever the hell you do, and then come back and then decide that, oh, it's time for me to die and time for me to check out. I've got Christ in my pocket. I'm good to go. See you, folks. That's not the way this game plays. And right now, our nation is being reminded of this. You know, the the most amazing thing about the United States, there has never been a nation that has done more gifting from the heart by its people, not its damn government, but by the people than this nation. This nation has done more 
good and grace across the globe than any nation in the history that we know of of man. And that's the people. How it was hijacked, how it was how our goodwill was destroyed by the government, I truly believe that's why God's giving us mercy because I believe he believes in the people. We don't have grace in our government. They are vile, they are corrupt. And so even obeying them, abiding by their threats, abiding by a mask, abiding by their, their edicts to tell you what to do when they sit back in some bunkered up location and laugh their tail off at the sort of monkey stuff that they cause people to do. That's a slap in the face to God. Where's the strength? And therein lies that power that we have to bring to this nation as repenting for this nation. The power to clear our hearts and set aside our idols. Just truly sit before God and to repent to him and seek his face and seek his true wishes and live by his guidance and trust in him in every step to take the leap off the cliff without the parachute to know that God's got you. This is what shook me in the morning three times. This is what woke me from a deep sleep three times. A voice booming in my head. A voice reminding me that there can be no games. You cannot play at two sides. That the threshing floor is real. Decide which side you're on. Live and follow by me. Don't tease me. And yeah, that was God's words. So, I went to the property, my other property, to find the quiet space to spend time with the Lord. I went to do some things of joy for my heart, to do some mowing of grass, quiet meditation as I drive around a big beefy brush cutter. I went to do a little work on one of the tasks on my Jeep. I spent a little time setting up a ham radio station. I set some time aside to work on my one of my rifles. I set some time aside to shoot arrows at a target. And I sat quietly for hours asking Jesus to walk with me, speak to me. And I did get exactly what I asked. A shaking. Because we need to spend time listening to God and being reminded that he is everything. That true trust in him isn't a gray space. It isn't sometimes on and sometimes off. True trust in him is all in. And he's calling for those that are wanting to be all in. It's time to make our decisions. Because this is a game for keeps. This is a game for souls. This is a game for a harvest. And he has no intention of running away from earth. It's ours to steward, ours to control, ours to occupy until Christ returns, whatever time that is. Not ours to blunder, not ours to sit on a pew and wring our hands, not ours to hide in home and pretend like it'll blow over, not ours to mark the days until we die and suddenly go to heaven to a pizza party, none of that. He's looking for the warriors. He's looking for those that have the heart to repent. And so I leave you that before we pray to seek that truth. 
These are the times in which we live. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight humbled and before you, opening our hearts so that you can see it all. We're not perfect, and the irony is you never expected us to be. In fact, you sacrificed your son for us because you knew. Not only were we imperfect, but we were special enough and important enough that you wanted us to continue to strive. Sadly, Lord, so much in this time has converted that sacrifice rather than an inspiration to strive higher, to do more, to a lethargy, an apathy of acceptance that everything's good, we got life everlasting, check the box, and we'll simply mark our time until it's done. Forgive us. And this is where we begin our call tonight, Lord, for a repentance of our nation. As we humble ourselves before you, we open our hearts again for you to see. We ask for the blood of Jesus to heal those places of idols that have corrupted our thinking. We ask for your strength for us to rise up and to have the courage to face those idols and to move them out of our lives, to truly live in trust with you. Father, we pray tonight for a nation that still is so lost, a nation wrapped around politics and hatred and division, all things instrumented and engineered by the puppet masters of, they call themselves leaders, elites, both men and women, mocking us, mocking you. Forgive us and forgive our nation. For we are in such a time that we know that this nation has drifted so far from you. And yet, Father, we also pray for mercy because there are such good people in this world in this nation. And there is a remnant that truly reaches and cries with all we have to see them see Jesus, to accept Christ, to accept this walk with you. We feel at times it's like Gideon's 300, but the encouraging thing, Father, is you believed in Gideon. You you made that selection through Gideon. So, Father, make the selection now. Let the new version of the 300 rise. Let us seek purely with our heart the repentance of this nation, the restoration of you on the throne, the restoration of the love of Christ, the restoration of humility in a country, and yet the strength that only comes through that rock of faith and that deep and intimate relationship from Christ to you, Father. Again, forgive us. We have wounds to heal. We have wounds in every race, every creed. And we have onus that we have to face in every race and every creed. No one is excluded. We don't get to sit on a high tower and proclaim that we are somehow better than someone else. And so this is part of our repentance now, Lord, is all of us facing what we carry, what we own, what we've brought, what baggage we have. And to let it go. To start building bridges instead of digging crevasses, and trenches. To start healing wounds instead of cutting and letting it bleed. To start seeing ourselves as one body of Christ, to raise that body of Christ within this land, and to lead the world not by the might of force, but by the might of 
of the fellowship within Christ to truly become once again the nation of the light on the hill. Father, that is our prayer. And that means a deep systemic transformation within our culture. So much wounding, so much pain, so much horrific things that have happened. And yet, Father, we know that through repentance and a true repentance, even by a few, we just ask that you can hear that in our hearts. And in so doing, help us steer this nation, guide us in that path to steer this nation back to you and to raise this nation once again as it was intended to be. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Such an important part of our life right now is to keep ourselves free of idols in our heart and understanding that as a nation we shall be judged. But I will tell you, I truly believe, this is me talking, I truly believe that if we stay true to this course to repent, no matter how many or how few, we will bring this nation back. It won't be easy. We will be tried. We will probably learn words like famine and scarcities like we've never imagined. But it's us, those that are walking with Jesus, those that are walking closely with, through Christ to the Father, that are going to make the, build the bridges to help restore this nation to as it should be. It doesn't take millions. But if we have millions, all the better. What it takes are those shining examples and everywhere people look to start seeing that hope, not through words, but through the presence of Christ within us. And that can only happen in a pure heart. So I just encourage you, spend time each day putting yourself before Father. Empty the idols, empty the hooks, empty all of this baggage that we have. It's not going to go away right away. And yet with the blood of Christ, anything can happen almost instantly. It just matters how committed we are. Because this nation needs it. This world needs it. And I believe Father wants it. Otherwise, I don't even think we'd be here right now, to be honest. We've been, we are being shown an unbelievable level of mercy and grace for all the things that we've learned that this nation has done. And there has to be a reason. And it's not luck. He wants to bring us all back, as many that will listen. And sometimes the pain of shortage is what brings people to their knees. So as we listen on that walk, as we are on that path, even though we may be saved in that righteous moment, we aren't just seeking that. This is not about me. This is not about you. This is about the nation. And hence the reason that the repentance for this nation is so important. Because he's, God has said, you may save yourself, but you will not save your children. You will not save the others. And that's not what we seek. And God needs to hear that. These times are pressing. They're important. We don't have time to waste. The clock is ticking. Whether we like it or not, it is. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. We've got to begin a process that God hears our repenting hearts. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you.
and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Safe place to hide from the rain. 